Washburn here. And that moment we've been waiting for has finally fucking arrived. Bossy Power Bottom Wear is now officially live on RonnieWashburn.com. That's R-A-O-N-I Washburn.com for purchase. Bossy Power Bottom Wear. The gay lifestyle and clothing line that unapologetically describes what it means to live your best gay life and show others through your clothing that you bottom like a boss. Want to know more? Go to RonnieWashburn.com now. That's R-A-O-N-I. Washburn.com and find out for yourself what it truly means to bottom like a boss with bossy power bottom wear. The following is brought to you by Bossy Power Bottom Productions. Ronnie rates gay shit. Chances are is that if you listen along to this show, then you know that I pretty much have dedicated my entire fucking life and my career on really just honing in and focusing on all things gay. And what better to talk about all things gay this week than gay representation in current day 2022, otherwise known as the entertainment industry. And so for the second time on this show, I will give you my big, bold, boisterous, and overly unapologetic gay, overshare-esque persona and give you my direct and blunt opinion on how I feel about current items that I feel are big in today's entertainment industry that really are just as gay as I am. So sit back, relax, put on that condom or pop your prep pill and let's take two movies, two TV shows, two podcasts, and two music albums. And allow me to rate all of this gay shit on a sex scale from one to ten. You are now listening to My Gay Expose Podcast, a show that unperfectly describes what it's like when life has you fucked in the head while being fucked from behind. I'm Ronnie Washburn, a writer, LGBTQ plus community activist, self-proclaimed, messy, loudmouthed, and somewhat semi-passable podcast host, popper sommelier, porn star, fluffer in training, and local San Francisco bossy power bottom that just so happens to be on the left of you on your grinder grid. And this is My Gay Expose Podcast. Washburn here, and welcome back to the show that's considered to be the gayest shit in the podcast world, My Gay Expose Podcast. And on this week's expose, for the second time on this show, Ronnie Rates Gay Shit, Volume 2, where we focus on some stuff that's coming out in the entertainment world that really just is gay representation in itself. Some really specifically and some not so much specifically, but just that the gays flock to. But at any rate, I'm just going to 
rate all this gay shit. <laughs> so I took two movies, two TV shows, two podcasts, and two music albums and rated each one on a sex scale from one to 10. And so, you know, for time's sake, we actually just are going to do away with our regular segmentation this week. So no re-expose and no your gay expose. Let's just get right in to Ronnie rating gay shit. And actually, I'll just tell you what I'm going to rate this week. So in the TV show category, I have the show that just came out on Netflix called Uncoupled. The show that comes out or comes out, that came out, excuse me, (laughs) on Peacock called Queer as Folk, the reboot. For music albums, we're going to do Tuvi Lu, formerly known as Tavlo, or so I thought, <laughs> as well as, wait for it, you guessed it, the Beyonce album. For movies, we have Fire Island on Hulu, and for the second gay movie, we have Three Months with my boy, Troy Savon on, I think that's Paramount Plus, yeah, Paramount Plus, and for the podcasts this week, I will be rating Unhappy Hour with Matt Belisai, as well as Your Gay Cousins with Estevan and Michael. So sit back and let me know what you think by calling the official My Gay Expose podcast hotline at 415-501-0401. That's 415-501-0401. Call in, leave a message, and Tell me what you think about each one of these topics of conversation this week. And give me your opinion after you listen to this expose on each one of these items. And do you agree with what I rated each one of these on that sex scale from 1 to 10? So let's get into it. Now, Ronnie rates gay shit. got the show Uncoupled on Netflix. First season's out, and it's supposedly uh, executive produced by the same guys who did Sex in the City. So I kind of get that same Sex in the City vibe, only it's like gay. I mean, it's written pretty different. It's not like entirely the same premise as Sex in the City would be, but really it's just surrounding Neil Patrick Harris, who I actually really enjoy in the show itself. He's like a 40-something-year-old gay guy who has a 50-year-old partner. And on the 50-year-old partner's 50th birthday, Neil Patrick Harris throws him like a surprise party. But as they're walking into the surprise party, the 50-year-old partner breaks the news right before they walk through the door that he's moving out and that they're done. And it's this whole story of how this Neil Patrick Harris character is now in his 40s and has to kind of start all over again. And, you know, because he's been in this relationship for 17 plus years, he doesn't know about prep. He doesn't know about not using condoms. All of it. It's really kind of cute. It's like sort of similar to some of the shit that I find myself in being in a city type scenario such as this. You know, I do kind of see parallels a lot of times when I do see some of these New York City 
you know, centered shows with San Francisco specifically, I kind of feel like it is the same vibe and the same tone. And I think that the gay communities probably are pretty in sync in regards to how difficult it is to sort of maneuver through gay sex, gay dating, gay hookup culture, all of it. It's just, it's very similar. And so it's, it's a really relatable show. I actually liked it a hell of a lot better than I expected to, truth be told. But, you know, it's written really well. There's a little bit of a cliffhanger towards the tail end. The characters that are like his friends, one's like kind of a, you know, overweight, nerdy art buff who it just has a really hard time with dating in general. And the other guys like this really conceded into himself individual who's like, I guess on some sort of like TV show or some shit like that, but like really has like a new trick on his arm every other day. And it's just a really great cast, a really great dynamic and how it was written. And you know, I'm giving this one on a sex scale from one to 10, I'm giving it a solid eight. Didn't check all the boxes for me, but it definitely was pretty high on the sex scale this week. So when you get the chance, if you haven't yet, check out Uncoupled on Netflix, starring Neil Patrick Harris. And the Ronnie Raitt's Gay Shit official rating is an eight on the sex scale from one to ten. Next up, we've got the new album by Tuvi Lu, formerly known as Tuvlo, according to My Gay Expose podcast. And if you need any further information, you go, like, I, okay, I don't know if you heard my re-expose segment last week, but I actually legitimately have thought this entire time being the biggest fan of Tuvi Lu that her name was actually pronounced Tuvlo since I fucking first discovered her in 2014. And I just... Last week, literally realized after watching RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars All Winners season, when she guest starred or guest judged or whatever the fuck on the show, that her name is actually pronounced Tuvilu. And I'm just like fucking shocked and what the fuck? I had no clue. I kind of feel dumb, but that's okay. And I did a full on fucking episode about her or she was referenced multiple times on the expose. And the whole time I called her Tavlo. So again, Tuvi Lou, if you're listening, because I know you are, <laughs> please forgive me. <laughs> I didn't mean to mispronounce uh, your name. But she's coming out with a new album October 14th. And holy fuck, October 14th? That's kind of crazy. That's actually a really long time from now. It's literally like, I think today's like, as I'm recording this expose, I think it's like the 2nd of, yeah, it's the 2nd of August. That's actually, that's way too far. Yeah. Well, at any rate, the reason for me rating this specific upcoming album, Dirt Femme, which drops on October 14th. Damn, that is fucking way too long from now. I thought it was August. Eh. Okay, anyway, she's got four songs out. The first is called No One Dies From Love. The next song is To Die For. True Romance, and the last song that she has out is How Long. Now, all of these songs, you guys, are so fucking good. Like, to a place where I basically just have all the these four songs on shuffle, like on repeat, when I'm, you know, kind of sick of all the millions of podcasts that I listen to on a regular basis. 
but they're so fucking good. And I really just love her individualistic, unique style that she actually has in all of her music. And I really don't feel like anyone is really like her in today's gay society. So for that reason, I officially give the four songs that are out from this new album due out on October 14th, entitled Dirt Femme. Bye, Tuvi Lu. Formerly known. It's Tuvlo. <laughs> Uh, I'm giving it a... I'm giving it a 9 on the sex scale. I am giving Tuvi Lu, Dirk Fem's four songs that have been on my fucking playlist on rotation for like the past few weeks now, a fucking solid 9. And I can't fucking wait for this album to fully drop. Next up, we've got one of my favorite podcasts out there, Unhappy Hour, a podcast by Matt Balasai that, okay, so like Matt Balasai, I actually caught wind of years and years and years ago when he first kind of got started out before he was a full-fledged comedian, and he was just doing these YouTube videos from his fucking office, or so it seemed, and it was like a series called, I think it was called Wine About It. I think it was called something else before that, but like he changed it to whine about it. And basically the premise of these YouTube videos were that he would basically say, this is the topic this week. That's what I'm going to bitch about. But first I'm going to get really fucking drunk and whine about it. And so then he would pour himself a glass of wine and be like, let's drink. And then you'd watch him fucking chug what was usually like a fat ass, fully, fully full, all the way to the top of the brim glass of red wine he would pound it and then you would just basically watch the rest of the video with him slurring through whatever topic of conversation that he just so happened to be bitching about that week. And it, I loved it. Like I, I actually like looked forward to it all the time and would kind of find myself getting stuck in like K-holes of Matt Balasai videos. And so he finally did a podcast and he called it Unhappy Hour. And basically it's kind of the same idea. But I really love how he's really structured out the show. So he basically really just kind of comes out with something at the very beginning of each episode that he wanted to like bitch about his week. And it's it's just the way that his mind works is just fucking hysterical. He's so hilarious. And then he does a segment called Worst Things First, where he talks about news stories from around the globe that are like the worst thing ever. And it's usually some obscure story from somewhere out there that just makes no fucking sense. And then he just like talks about it. And then he'll pretty much answer a question from their hotline about whatever anyone else out there wants to bitch or rant about and then talk about that. And then he gets into the deep dive, which is really just like whatever the main topic of conversation that he wants to bitch about for the week. And then he finishes off each and every episode with a chaser of something that he's really into pop culture related. And you know, I have to be honest, I just really love how he structures out the show. Because if you're a fan of this show, you know that I have like my own personal segmentation structure for the show. And I just appreciate that shit. My Virgo mind just loves structure in that way. And so for that, reason I'm giving Matt Balasai's Unhappy Hour podcast on a sex scale from one to 10, a solid eight. I fucking love the show. And if you haven't listened yet, 
Check it out. It's good shit. So next up, we've got the movie on Hulu called Fire Island. It honestly, probably one of the biggest anticipated movies amongst the gays, because let's just face it, it's Joel Kim Booster. And you guys, I am the biggest fucking fan of Joel Kim Booster ever. I fucking love it. And honestly, he's so fucking hot as well. I would so hit that shit like you wouldn't even believe. (laughs) But he's hilarious. His stand-up acts are so fucking hysterical. He's got such a really witty sense of humor And Margaret Cho is a guest star in the movie. And so, okay, Joel Kim Booster wrote and produced this movie. But you guys, I hated it. I absolutely fucking hated it. It was boring. It was drawn out. I didn't, I, I, the premise of the movie really is just these cast of characters, like a bunch of gay friends that get together and go out to Fire Island every year and like hang out with their older lesbian friend who's played by Margaret Cho at the house that she owns out there. And I just, the I, I expected so much more from a Joel Kim Booster. It wasn't funny. It wasn't what I expected. I was so fucking excited for this movie when I first heard that it was coming out. And you guys, I was so fucking disappointed. It just, it it was a meh movie for me. It, like, the, the other main character in the movie was, like, his friend. And, like, you know, they were both Asians. And that whole idea was that they were going to, like, a, you know, white-dominated Fire Island, you know, summer or however long, week, whatever, however the fuck long they were staying there. And, you know, it was like they were Asians, so they weren't, you know, the socially accepted class of people that were welcome in all the gay parties and shit and uh, his little friend starts to flirt with a really hot cute white boy and so it just kind of goes from there but you guys it really just was poorly written I I was so disappointed I expected so much more from Joel Kim Booster and from Margaret Cho Margaret Cho's character was so fucking flat like there was not one fucking funny moment out of that woman's mouth and I I just and I love both of these comedians so fucking much it was so disappointing I have to say so I'm giving Fire Island on a sex scale from one to ten uh, I'm giving it a four like it was decent ish but it was just a miss for me and I'm yeah definitely giving it a fucking four For Fire Island by Joel Kim Booster on Hulu. Check it out. Tell me what you think. So everybody's been talking about the Queer as Folk reboot since like fucking, I don't even know, May. And so, okay, I have mixed feelings about this on so many levels. Listen, Here's the thing. I get that we're doing a reboot. I get that the original Queer as Folk, the American version, was, like, filmed in, like, the 90s. And so, you know, of course, the cast was all white people. And it was just, you know, a white lesbian couple and a bunch of white gay guys. And that was just the way things were back then. But I do feel this spinoff series did try really hard to, like, really just include anyone. And not just race. Like, they really just included 
like transgender individuals. They included non-binary individuals. They included black people. They included like Latino people. They included people with disabilities. They really did a great job of just focusing and centering on the queer community and all these different aspects of every single genre you could possibly imagine, which was really great. But I will say this, I sort of felt just from a writer's perspective looking in that while they did a really great job of like the inclusion and creating this moment where it was just about a little bit of everything added into this series, I felt like the writing was done to a place where it was like, that's what the main focus was versus the actual stories that they were trying to tell throughout the series. That's just how I felt. I felt like it was just a little too overly broadcast. It's like, okay, look, we get it. If you're a person with a head on your shoulders and a brain, you can fully understand that the show did a really great job of including every race, including, you know, queer people with disabilities, including, you know, transgender individuals. Like we did, we hit all the marks. Love that. Love that journey. It's amazing and perfect for 2022. It's just what we needed get on with like the stories. I just, does anybody else like understand what I'm saying? (laughs) Or is it just me and my own? I really just felt that most of the written dialogue was just trying so hard to keep that momentum going when in reality, there were actual stories and scenarios happening in each one of these characters' lives that were just maybe a little harder to follow. I don't know. I mean, I, I did appreciate what they did with that. And, you know, we did get, you know, uh, what, what the fuck is that bitch's name? <laughs> the, the girl, the woman from Sex in the City that played Samantha. What, what is her actual name? I forget her fucking name. Oh, Kim Cattrall. Kim Cattrall. Can <laughs> I fucking forget? Oh, yeah. So she's in it. It's, you know, it, I mean, I don't hate the show. I just, again, I feel like there's just too much over explanation for all the inclusivity throughout the series. And it just it kind of makes it a little messy. But, you know, overall, the story premise was good. It was pretty powerful at the beginning when they had like the shooting in the gay club. I think we all kind of, you know, remember when that happened at the Pulse nightclub and how we all felt in that moment. So it was really it's it's good. It's a good show. I like it. Again, I just feel like the writing's just a little too extra. <laughs> well, you know, again, I'm a fucking writer, so I just like notice these types of fucking details. But at any rate, I'm going to, you know, go ahead and give Queer as Folk the reboot. On a sex scale from 1 to 10, I'm going to go ahead and give it I'm going to go ahead and give it a solid 6. Again, just just enough to bug me, but not enough to make me hate it. I did appreciate it for what it was. So check it out when you get the chance. It's on the Peacock streaming service, the Queer as Folk reboot. Next up, we've got the movie Three Months. Now, you know, this wasn't the best movie in the world, but I actually really kind of liked it because it was a little different for a movie. So starring Troye Sivan, who I'm a 
huge fan of. And I actually really appreciated him as an actor. He was like a really fucking good actor. I was kind of surprised at how well, not only did he act, but he like slayed that American accent like you would not even believe. But really the premise of the movie is about a young kid, like I'm guessing like just out of high school, I think it was. You know, he's living in Hollywood, Florida, which is like basically like the trashiest city you could possibly think of in Florida. And the movie did a really great job of like kind of giving off that vibe at like every single little detail, which I really kind of appreciated. You know, low budget clinics. He worked at it like a fucking convenience store that was super trashy. The owner was a little like, you know, a white trash woman who, you know, like just owned it. It was just it, it the whole setting and the vibe it was really well done. You could tell they put a lot of detail in. Like, see, this is exactly how it should have been in Queer as Folk. Like, you could visually see all the detail and how they were trying to paint the picture of the setting without actually over-explaining it in a dialogue, which is really what they did in Queer as Folk. So that's actually what I would try, sort of, that's what I was trying to allude to earlier. But the premise of the movie is this boy, he lost his dad early on, lives with his grandmother. His mom, I guess, is like some kind of like fucking cult, like Amish something or other. I can't, I can't really remember. But so she kind of shunned him because he's openly gay. And so he's working at this little convenience store, has a cute little lesbian friend that they are like BFFs. And he finds out that he, you know, had sex with a guy and the guy texts him and said like, hey, heads up, I, you know, the condom broke and I tested positive for HIV. So the entire premise of the name in the movie itself, three months, is that, you know, it's set in like 2011, I believe. And so, you know, of course, we've advanced with all of, you know, the HIV AIDS, you know, medicines and things of that nature. So it's not, de- it's not like the setting you know, back in like the 80s or the early 90s where like death was on the table. But it definitely gave you the emotional feeling of like what it, what these characters were going through because he, you know, met up with another little like love interest friend that he found in an like HIV support group. And they were like waiting there three months because they had to get tested every month. And after the third month, that's when you fully knew that you were officially either HIV positive or HIV negative because of the recent exposure that they both had. So really, the movie just follows these two kids and then like his lesbian friend and their like like coming of age journey and kind of coping or coming to terms with the fact that they might have HIV and they might not. And what are their next steps? One's going to college. It's like it's a really good movie, you guys. It ends kind of fucked up. So, and I think that's why I appreciated the movie. And I won't say why to spoil it for you. So it's on Paramount Plus. It's called Three Months starring Troy Sivan. Really fucking well done as far as like a movie's concerned. Actors are all great. Love it, love it, love it. Giving three months on a sex scale from one to 10. Giving the movie an eight. Good job, Troy. Next up, we've got a podcast that I actually just kind of caught wind of about three months ago, I want to say, but it's called Your Gay Cousins, and it's a podcast that's done by Michael and Estevan. Neither one of them have, like, confirmed their last names, which I don't really know what that means, but 
the entire dynamic of the actual show is gay cousins meaning like I guess in the Latinx culture when you're family that's really what they're trying to say is that like all of our gay cousins like all of our family so it's really focused on gay culture pop culture it's uh from like kind of a Latino or Latinx viewpoint or standpoint so they really just they really it's such a good show you guys and I have to say, Estefan specifically is so fucking hysterical. This guy, I just really, he's somebody that I just want to get into his mind and just sort of find out how he comes up with half the shit that he comes up with because he's so quick-witted, just so good. And the chemistry between these two hosts are just, it's incredible. Like even Michael has just, he feeds off Esteban's energy and it's just it's such a fucking good show. And really, the best part about this podcast, I have to say, is the fact that half the time they're talking about the most random shit and it just, it's absolutely nothing. And it's so fucking funny. It's so funny. I, I just literally, you guys, I seriously, it comes out every Tuesday and Tuesday is my big, one of my big run days. So the first thing I do and even look forward to, that's how much I enjoy this show, is knowing that they're episode drops every Tuesday. So first thing, I put it in and here I am running down Market Street all serious and like suddenly I start laughing out loud. And you know, if I'm in like the sketchier parts of town in the SF area, like if you were to look at me and see me laughing out loud, just people walking by, they might think I'm as crazy as some of the other crazies that are like hanging around the city. But it's really very that. It's very, people look at me like, why is he laughing out loud? But these guys they're so fucking funny. I just can't even articulate how good this show is. And again, I caught wind of the show like at random. I think one of my friends recommended it to me or something. And I, I, I just felt it fucking head over heels in love with this show. And it just, they just don't take themselves seriously. And I think that's what I really appreciate about this show most is that they just literally take little pieces of pop culture commentary and they just talk about their feelings about all of all all the things in this world. I just fucking love it. But the crazy part about it is because they do both come from like a Latin background. Funny enough, my roommate that I have lived with for the last like fucking eight years, he is Mexican. And so, so many of the things that they talk about on this show where they talk about shit that their parents did like growing up are just Everything that I'm now fully fucking understanding <laughs> as a fucking white person living with a Mexican guy. Now I get so many of these things that my roommate does and I never fully understood. It's all coming full circle. <laughs> it's just it just and honestly, that what ma- that's what makes the show all the more funnier to me. It's like, you know, talking about, for example, wanting to bake a Papa John's pizza, but you know that when you go to your house when you're growing up that you have to pull all the fucking pots and pans out of the stove and you have to put them all over every other countertop just to bake this pizza. I it, That's how my house is. And I never fucking got it. But apparently it's like a Hispanic thing. And like Fabulosa, the cleaning solution that I never heard of before ever in my life until I moved in with my roommate is like a thing in the Latin world. It just, it just, it's so funny to actually listen to all these little different random things that they talk about and fully fucking get it because my fucking roommate does 98% of the shit that they talk about on, 
a regular basis from a gay perspective. So when you get the chance, you guys, check out this show. It's called Your Gay Cousins with Michael and Estevan. It comes out every Tuesday. It's so fucking good. You guys, I'm going to do it. I'm telling you right now, officially here on Ronnie Rates Gay Shit, I'm giving Your Gay Cousins a solid 10 on that sex scale from 1 to 10. Your Gay Cousins is a 10. It's that good. It's that, it's honestly, it's my favorite podcast, like ever. Check it out. They both live in the LA area and work in the entertainment world. I I think in like TV, but like on the writing side of things, if I'm not mistaken, or PR or some shit like that. And it's just so relatable, so good, such a fucking good show. So just your gay cousins, check it out when you get the chance. And last but most certainly not least, or in my perspective, actually least, you guys, I had to hit this one because as we all know, every time Beyonce does absolutely fucking anything, the entire gay community just like loses their shit. And honestly, on that note, I really kind of hate that we live in a world that if Beyonce were to actually just take a shit, the entire gay community would just go batshit crazy over it and just be like in love with it and it's like she can do no wrong to a place that if she actually did take a fucking shit the people would eat it up literally that's that's what's happening with this latest album renaissance that she just recently dropped a couple weeks ago i believe if i'm not mistaken you guys i listened to every single track multiple times and i just have to say i don't fucking get it Listen, I'm going to start off by saying I love Beyonce. I, you know, going to her concert a few years back was honestly probably one of the best concerts, I will say, that I had ever been to in my life. And I really didn't expect for it to be that way. And I'm going to be real. Like, I loved, loved, loved Destiny's Child and even her first two solo albums. I loved it, loved it, ate it up. I thought she was everything. But I'm going to be real with you. She really hasn't put out a good album since. I mean, I did like a few tracks on Lemonade for sure. But like, I'm just going to say it. This album, it's just not good. It's not good. It's just not good. And like, of course, everybody's still going to town on it. And I guess there's a bunch of like, someone sent me some link on the internet somewhere out there that's saying that like the entire fucking album has like gay easter eggs all over it but like here's the thing you guys she's been like totally ridiculed for multiple things on the album itself like i one song specifically she said something i think that and i know you guys are all gonna come for me because i'm gonna get all of this shit wrong but she said something about spazzing on that ass or something like that or i can't remember exactly how it went but like the like handicapped community came after her for that and so she you know gracefully took that lyric out of her material and then you know the big controversy surrounding the one of the songs that she did was the fact that she basically took the beats that Pharrell created for Khalees's my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard song way back in like 20 or like I think it was 2003 and so basically She completely ripped off that entire beat. And there's actually, I saw a TikTok the other day where this DJ actually put 
like a clip of that song from Beyonce that she ripped off from Khalees and then put the Khalees track right next to it. You guys, it's fucking spot on spitting image the exact same beat. And Khalees, she's not happy. She's pissed. She's talking so much shit online about how Beyonce ripped that shit off. And I just caught wind of news, I think this morning, was it this? No, maybe it was last night, that Beyonce is taking the beat away. So I don't really know if she's just transformed the track into something completely different because I haven't checked yet. And, you know, if I was actually, you know, a podcast host that did the proper research, I might actually look and find for myself. But I just got a news source that basically said that she took the beat away. And I, I don't know. I mean, are we in a spot in our lives as a gay society that Beyonce can really do no wrong because clearly she just did two big things wrong and everybody's talking about it. So, you know, they always say that when everybody hits their peak of like amazingness, that's when everybody starts to come for them. That's exactly what's happening to me on this show. That's what happened to Lady Gaga. That's what happened to Britney Spears. Every big superstar goes through that moment where they get too big for their bridges, and then everyone just starts to come for them. And I feel like we're now starting to see full circle that I think everybody's beginning to start to come for Beyonce. She's not as invincible as we all thought. Like, listen, the bitch is innovative for sure. Does she put on a good show? Fuck yeah. I loved her concert. It was so good. But songs, music, albums? No, solid miss for me. So... I'm actually going to give the new Beyonce album Renaissance on a sex scale from one to 10. I'm giving it, I'm giving it a three. And guess what, you guys? The three is actually the lowest score on all eight of the items presented today on the sex scale. And that's how I feel. And I'm standing by it 100%. And I know some of you gays are going to come for me, but that's it. That's how I feel. The Beyonce album is a fucking three. You heard it here first. So what do we learn today, boys and girls? Ladies and gentlemen, gays and straights. Tops or bottoms, gender fluid and non-binary, bisexuals and lesbians, transgender. And questioning? Well, I'd like to think we learned a whole hell of a lot, or at least I hope you did. Listen, the entertainment world is doing their very best to distract all of us from all the fucked up political bullshit that's going on in current day society. And really, I mean, if you think about it, all of these eight essential items have really contributed to queer representation. And I'm really glad that we live in an age where we do get that said queer representation, whether it be, you know, specifically targeted towards the queer community or the queers, just embrace them and love them. So either way, we all love that representation, don't we? But just as an official recap, the TV show on Netflix called Uncoupled, starring Neil Patrick Harris, is given an official Eight on that sex scale from one to ten. Tuvi Lu and her new album out October the 14th with four really smoking tracks. 
that you definitely need to fucking check out is given a 9 on that sex scale from 1 to 10 and stay tuned for her full album coming soon. The movie on Hulu titled Fire Island starring and written and produced by Joel Kim Booster is given a sad 4 on that sex scale from 1 to 10. Very, very fucking disappointing. The Queer as Folk reboot, while it was a little shaky for me, definitely scored a solid 6 on that sex scale. The movie starring Troy Sivan called Three Months on the uh, Paramount Plus Network was given a solid 8, and I actually really enjoyed this movie and all the little details that they put into the movie itself. And Your Gay Cousins, the podcast that comes out Every Tuesday with Michael and Estevan is a solid 10, rating the highest out of all of these items on that sex scale. And you guys, I am fucking in love with this show and you definitely need to check it out. If I'm fucking plugging any other podcast but my own, you definitely need to check it fucking out. Unhappy Hour, the podcast by Matt Balasai was given a solid 8 and Beyonce, her new album as disappointing as it was, on that sex scale was given a three. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns about any of these ratings, or just your opinion on what you think about each of these specific items, give me a call at the official My Gay Expose podcast hotline at 415-501-0401. That's 415-501-0401. Call in Leave a message and tell me what you think about all of these eight essential gay representative entities. And with that, don't forget to like hop on the Apple Cod. <laughs> don't forget to show up on Apple Podcasts and click five stars on my show, not the other two. <laughs> Follow on Spotify and don't forget to turn on those notifications so that you can catch wind of each and every episode of my Gay Expose podcast, which just so happens to, by the way, score a solid 10 on that sex scale as well. And then you'll get every episode right when it drops. Follow on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Exposing My Gay. And don't forget to check out the latest piece to the My Gay Expose podcast puzzle, the official website at MyGayExposePodcast.com. And don't forget to join us next week for another messy, salacious, and relatable episode with me exposing my gay. I'm Ronnie Washburn, and I will rate you on a sex scale from 1 to 10 next time. Thank you.